The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Welcome to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. Each Saturday morning at 8.30, listen in to successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts, Rick Durkee, Eric Cox, and Leslie Haywood. And great Saturday morning, low country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business here on 94.3 WSC. Happy Saturday morning to you. I'm one of your hosts here this morning, as usual, Eric Cox, with the marvelous Leslie Haywood. I feel and, like you're getting lazy with the adjectives. Yeah, today was a yeah. I just kind of rolled in today. Sorry about that. Um, and, and since Mr. Rick Durkee is not with us this morning, uh, I'll leave out adjectives because they probably wouldn't be positive since he didn't join us this morning. So, uh, but Leslie, as always, it's a treat and pleasure be sitting with you here on a Saturday morning uh, with a, another wonderful guest in the studio. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Low Country, for sharing your morning with us. And to continue the fun beyond Saturday morning, make sure and like our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, or talk to us on Twitter at BTBCHS, hashtag BTBCHS, and you can't help but find us. And so for the past two weeks, we've been talking to Stuart Williams. And you know what I love about this show? I love that we truly find out stories that you would never know from some of the most influential people here in the low country and learning that this titan of impact entrepreneurship was literally abandoned at birth and went on to play tennis with Princess Diana is such a powerful lesson and a message to everyone. I mean, you you may not be able to control the cards that you're dealt, but you can certainly control how you play the game. Well, what a uh, certainly great insights from Stuart. Uh, really intriguing individual. I thought you were going to say accent was the best part of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the great accent. But, uh, you know, the idea of making a profit while making a difference in this world. And uh, they they are making an impact, uh, certainly not only here in Charleston, but around the country. And uh, Stuart is just uh, an amazing individual. And I would like to congratulate him because since uh, he finished up our last show, uh, he, he and his family have done some wonderful things in terms of making an impact down at the College of Charleston. So, Uh, Thank you, Stuart, and congratulations for uh, the wonderful things you're doing down at that fine institution. That's wonderful. So, Eric, who do we have this week? So we're turning the the page, as we always do, to a new week. And today we're uh, very fortunate to have Noah Lesk in the studio. Uh, First of all, Noah, thank you for taking time this morning on a Saturday morning to come in and share your story. We've heard of you around the community quite a bit. You've done some amazing things in this community. And so we're excited. If you don't know that name, by the way, he's the CEO and founder of Ishpi. And so, Noah, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Now, before we go way back into the childhood and and find out more about you, give us sort of the uh, 30-second pitch on what exactly Ishpi is and what it does. Yeah, Ishpi, um, <laughs> my love. <laughs> um, and actually, you know, I'm the co-founder and chairman now. Earl Bowers is our, our president and CEO now as of August of 2016. Um, Ishby um, is a uh, premier uh, federal government contractor that specializes in uh, cyber offensive warfare. 
We do we do other things for the U.S. government, but predominantly that's what we're focused on. Cyber offensive warfare. Mm-hmm. That sounds like you're dangerous. It's pretty you're cool. Dangerous actually. man. <laughs> it sounds like our listeners need to go get the coffee warmed up yeah. and really uh, dive in for this show. Right. That's it's, uh, right. It's not your uh, it's not your run of the mill. Uh, cyber defense company, you know, which is uh, which is a lot. We saw a lot of those postures change uh, back in the 2006 to 2009 timeframe when cyber really started to become en vogue, if you will. And all of a sudden, everybody was a cyber company. We learned early on that, you know, there's really three things that go on in cyber. One of them is the offensive side. The other one's the exploit. And then there's defense. Um, anybody who had a contract that said anything about information assurance all of a sudden became a, a cybersecurity company. So they're a run of a dime a dozen. You have to do something to set yourself apart. And what a lot of them don't do is they don't do the offensive side. They don't even do the exploit. So we've gone, you know, again, you got to find a niche and you got to exploit it. Ooh, well, certainly. Exciting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to delay. Uh, that's kind of like I a, know they need to yeah, tune in next week. Wait on this, right? Get right. Saturday morning next week on your calendar at eight thirty. Uh, <laughs> well, you didn't even have to pay me for the teaser. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? It's perfect. So um, it's free. So no. as our uh, title of our show indicates, beyond the business. No, we like to go way beyond the business and kind of learn. You know, who's the person behind this, and not only who the person is, but what went into making the person who they are. And so, we're going to start with childhood. Yeah. Um, Share with our listeners just more a little bit about your childhood and growing up. And uh, I'll just hedge this because when we do it, usually somebody starts, and thirty seconds later, they're a a full grown adult. Um, Slow it down and really take us through some mechanics. Yeah, and it is. And I did have a childhood. Uh-huh. Really Very so good. Like, no, I grew up um, in northern Michigan, um, up at the tip of the mid of Michigan, you know, where our backyard was quasi Lake Huron. OK. And if I went, you know, out to the road, you know, I could see the Straits of Mackinac, the Upper Peninsula. So I grew up in a very aquatic lifestyle, a lot like here, actually. What was nice about coming here was it's almost the same with no snow. I got to admit that. Wow. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So anyway, I grew up there, uh, very humble, uh, two very hardworking parents did a great job for us. Uh, they exponentially, by an order of magnitude, changed our lives from where their life was. And they actually put... Uh, a guy like me in a position to do anything I wanted to. Now, what did they do? Amazing. Uh, my dad um, worked at Amoco, a couple of odd jobs, but the longest term job he had was Amoco. There's a big terminal up there and they, um, they ship oil from Toledo up to the tip of the mint where I was at in Sheboygan, Michigan, and then over to Chicago standard run. Well, he was at, he worked at the terminal. Um, you know, this guy would work <clears throat> sometimes 90 hours, I mean, he'd be at work for 90 hours straight when things were in and 33 below, 50 below, working outside. I mean, I learned the value of hard work. And my mom worked at the local hospital there. And uh, she did, I think, 25 years. And I mean, like I watched two parents work. They worked. And, and, you know, they worked to provide for us so we could go to school. And some of the things they didn't get to do when they were growing up was a lot of sports because my mom grew up on a farm. My dad quasi grew up on a farm, you know, and uh, if they didn't farm, they didn't eat on my dad's side. So, um, you know, they didn't get to go to sports. They didn't get to do that stuff. So they did for us, actually. It was pretty cool. In fact, um, so I'm very proud of them, very thankful, always am. And you said and, us, uh, by the way, so it indicates some uh, siblings. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a so sister. Talk, yeah. Tell us about your siblings. Oh, sister's doing great. She actually lives here. Got okay. a little niece and all that. And, yep, she's doing great. All right. Are you yeah. the older brother? Older brother, yeah. Older brother. Yeah, my little sister. So, um, but no, doing great. Um, very blessed to have 
little niece. In fact, you know, hopefully she'll be over at the house here tomorrow. So, um, <laughs> so what but, kind of sports were you said that that you you well, got to do? Actually, kind of a funny story, really. The um, <clears throat> I started out with uh, baseball, and uh, you know, I wasn't that good at baseball, guys. I'm going to tell you, and but there was a hell of a lesson in there. The lesson was that um, we I don't know that we won a game. We might have won one. All I remember is just it was miserable. And I'm like, can I quit? Can I quit, quit, quit? And, you know, I always thank my parents for saying, no, you're going to stick through it. You're on the team, the team, the team. So you got to give it everything you got. That was a huge lesson to me. I mean, I always thank my parents for that. Right. Now, that hurt. No one wants to go through that, especially at those, it was sixth grade, you know, at those odd years and your confidence and all the rest of that. But, yeah, we stuck through. They made me stick through that. I certainly hope my children are listening this morning because yeah. uh, they're not real happy about me making them stick through stuff. You have to. You, said it you have to. Well. Um, yeah. It really did. I mean, and that was the thing was, is they said, if you're going to do this and we're going to support it, you're going to finish it. Right. And, I, and that's a I think that's a huge lesson. A lot of people miss today. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying that I watch a lot of kids be allowed to, you know, Agreed. to to start something and stop it without any ramifications or paying. That's not how life works. You know, you can't get a loan and not pay the bank back. <laughs> I mean, that's not how life works. You, right. you make a commitment, you got to follow through. And they hammered that home. That that was one of the moments where they really hammered it home. Um, but you know, I I don't know if you guys know, I'm an Eagle Scout. No, I, I did know not if you know, know that. that. Yeah, so another one of those stories about um, uh, my parents and, and things that they drove home, which today, looking back, I don't know why they did that. I'm glad they did. Um, but I remember being a Cub Scout fairly young. I don't know what age you start. I think it's first grade or, you know, kindergarten or something like that. And um, I remember them telling me, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it all the way. So when Cub Scouts... You earn badges and move on, and there's things, certain time limits you have to wait. Same thing in Boy Scouts. But you, you want to attain what's called Arrow of Light. <laughs> I didn't know any of this stuff when I started. I just want to be a Cub Scout, right? Other kids were doing it. And, you know, they put that out there. If you're going to do this, you're going to attain the Arrow of Light. Now, that means going through all the badges and all the work to get there. And I'm going to tell you guys that you can graduate early out of Boy, um, out of Cub Scouts if you get your Arrow of Light and go into Boy Scouts early. I did that. Now, I didn't understand what they were making me do, but they were making me look to achieve the maximum amount you could if you were going to commit to something. And I didn't, you know, at the time, I didn't really understand that. that lesson. My yeah. God, today, thank God, that's easy for me. Yeah. That's just yeah. how you do everything. If you're going to commit, you dominate. You, you know, you own it. I mean, and that, that's a, uh, you know, I can't thank him enough for that. So uh, coincidentally, you know, as, as I went on to Boy Scouts, the next conversation was, if you're going to do this, you need to make Eagle Scout, which is the highest rank you can make, you know, and you have to do it before a certain time or you're an adult and you can't attain the level. And, and I did. And, and you know, they were through it the whole time supporting and, and it was phenomenal. You know, I mean, those are some lessons that, Absolutely. that carry I, through the whole life. But I can't thank them enough because, you know, there's a couple of things you need to survive in business. And one of them is perseverance and, and, you know, following through. You can't you can't do one without the other. So who knew that they were actually teaching me those things at the time? And, um, you know, like I said, you know, our childhood was uh, we had everything we needed. Um not really everything we wanted, 
um, two really hardworking parents. I, I obviously taught me some amazing yeah. lessons that have, have affected me my whole life, which have led to where I'm at today. So how were you as a student growing up? Oh, man, you would not believe it. So that's a funny, that's a funny story because we recently moved uh, a couple of years ago into a new house. I have three daughters. Uh, two are in college now, and one is um, in sixth grade, about to be seventh. Um, so at the time, they're all, one was in college, the other two were at home. And my middle daughter, who's now at the Citadel playing soccer, she, she um, pulled out and found my, they found my transcripts from high school. And they threw them down in front of me in the living room and said, oh, my God. Or you, you the hypocrite. biggest hypocrite? <laughs> yes, the you biggest. Gra- yep. You graduated with a two seven five, <laughs> and you expect us to get all A's. And I said, but the, it's different now. It's completely different, and you're you're capable of doing that. At the time, I may have not have been motivated or capable, whatever. Um, and it's funny because I. Uh, I ended up, you know, you asked that question, and then I go take the entrance exams in the Navy, jump ahead just a little bit. But I took the entrance exam to get into the Navy, and I missed the ace in it by one point. So, I, you know, I told my kids when they found this, I said, you're witnessing someone who didn't apply themselves. And I won't allow you to do the same thing. Period. Wow. Yeah. I uh, could have done better. So it was funny you asked that. In fact... um, I have a story about that. So my parents, again, being awesome, you know, I had to graduate. That was the big thing. I mean, coming from where I came from, um, it's not overly um, well off, you know, the whole area. So, you know, graduating high school is a big deal. Going to college is like unbelievable. Now I'm out here today. You know, you need a master's degree. I mean, it's almost like your bachelor's is a master's now. Mm -hmm. I I get it. Where I'm from, though, graduating high school is big. And um, so I'm seventh grade. Uh, you know, I had the baseball story. That wasn't for me. Well, maybe I'll try wrestling. Kind of a big guy, right? And uh, so anyway, I'm into wrestling. Love it. Seventh grade. It's going great. And one day, my, my dad walks in. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And then they talk. he's talking to Coach. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on, right? So next thing you know, Coach calls everybody over and kicks me off the team. And he said, no, I didn't make the grade. This is his dad. Oh. Thank you very much, Mr. Lesk. Goodbye. Wow. And that was it. They gave me, I mean, I, I've gotten a D on something. It's, it's incredible that I, again, to think about that. Right. Where I'm at today, the guy I am today would not accept that. I mean, that's just not, but at that time, it didn't, you know, didn't matter. So they taught me that lesson. That, that never happened again. Never happened again. Wow. Wow. And well, by the way, in case you're wondering whose life lessons you're listening to this morning, it's that. Noah's mom and dad. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> That of Noah Lesk, who is the co-founder and chairman of ISPE here in Charleston. And we're kind of going through this timeline of you know growing up and learning life mm-hmm. lessons and, and schooling. And mm-hmm. uh, let's hit, uh, as we move along here, Noah, a little yeah. bit on the, the college days, uh, yeah. sort of what that experience was like for you. Well, so um, since I had a 275 coming out of a high school in northern Michigan, I really didn't qualify to like really go to college. I mean, I could have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part Native American as well, very active in that community. And we actually have tuition paid for as a part of a treaty. If you live in Michigan, you're a Native American of a certain blood quantum, card-carrying, federally recognized tribe. And um, it's a, it's an institution in the state of Michigan. My sister actually used the tuition waiver. Wow. Is what it's called. And, um, you know, I, college wasn't for me. 
Yeah, I went right in the Navy. I'm going to be honest with you. So I, um, right around, uh, God, I was still in, I was 17. I was still in my senior year of high school football, which was really my gift. And um, we, um, <clears throat> I missed a couple of practices to go sign up for the Navy in September. Came back and then um, made player of the game. It was kind of crazy. My coaches were so mad at me they weren't going to play me because I left twice, didn't practice. Came back and, oh, they played me. Ah. <laughs> you know, I was mad. It was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, so I ended up going to the Navy, um, you know, and, and that was, uh, what, 91 time frame. Yeah, I graduated in 91. I went right. I mean, I, I signed up for the Navy in, like, September 90. Uh, I tried because I'd had enough credits. I actually tried to get moved to the Marine Corps as soon as we attacked Iraq so I could go to war right now. Oh, wow. I didn't want to wait. And um, I couldn't get out. I had to wait to graduate. Anyway, I went Navy. I'm glad it all worked out the way it did. I'm a Navy brat myself. My, nice. my dad. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Submarines. Nice. You know, it's funny. My daughter wants to go submarines. We can't figure out why I'm not a sub guy, but it's cool. Yeah. She has a dream to be the first um, female captain of a, of a submarine. Wow. Yeah. She should pick up her ROTC contract at the um, at the Citadel here pretty soon. That should be within awesome. a few weeks. So. Um, yeah, she's on a good track. Anyway, it's crazy. You want to talk about submarines? Yeah. I was a surface guy. Yeah. So, but, yeah, um, what was your route in the Navy? Um, so, I went into, you know, I sc- again, I scored very well. They wanted me to go to nuke power school. Yeah. And my wanna, dad was a nuke on submarines. I, I passed the test. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said, I'm not going to do that. So, anyway, they gave me a different job. And I was actually what's called a cryptologic communications. I'm sorry, cryptologic technician communication. What does that mean? What does that mean? Very highly cleared technologist, if you will. I mean, when I came, when I went in the Navy um, way back in the '90s, we were using some pretty what I would consider archaic 1970s, '80s computers. Okay, uh, now towards the middle of the '90s, you know, they were doing a ton of upgrades on the systems that we used to work on and all that, and that's where I actually got my start in technology. I didn't realize I was a geek. <laughs> I, I really didn't realize it. You know, then I take that score, which is called the ASVAB. That's mm-hmm. an entrance exam. And, you know, they throw me into all these tests and I start passing them. I'm like, wow. You know, it was pretty cool. So I started thinking maybe there's something there. Because I never really applied. In, I never really applied myself in high school. You know, so what of, were you thinking at this time in terms of professionally you were going to go on and do? Did you ever think about oh, entrepreneurship? Man, or were you not even worried that's about that? Not, listen, <laughs> I went in the Navy to go United SEALs. Gotcha. I figured I'd be dead by the time I was 40. Really? Yeah. Every day I get now is just such a blessing. I mean, but I figured that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I'm I'm very patriotic. Uh, I think the highest honor you can have out there is to serve your country. It's do something bigger than self. There's plenty of selfish people out there. Right. Well, you're looking at all the military members who are pretty darn selfless. Right. That's the crowd I wanted to be with. Wow. Yeah. And that's the... And then the ultimate, you know, selflessness is obviously really putting yourself in harm's way. Right. That's what I went in to do. And, you know, I found out I was red, green, colorblind. <gasps> and when you're red, green, colorblind, you're not going to see combat in any service. Oh, gosh. What a blow. <laughs> you didn't know this? Mm-mm. I kind of knew. But, you know, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't really accept being told that something doesn't work right. or you know, it doesn't. I don't accept that. So I just press on, and I usually am able to fight through it. You can't fight through the color vision test. Right. So what happened? So <laughs> you, you tried to memorize it. I'm not kidding. You tried, tried to me- – there was a way I, you well, tried to – I got a good memory. So as they were telling me what I missed, I would go to a different um, – I would try to go to a different clinic to get a pass so I could get in. 
you wanted it that bad. Man, oh. That's what they want. How they, devastated any, were you? Any special forces unit wants yeah. people that can figure out how to get things done. True. You, you need motivate. You know, so I mean, I, I figured. You know, if they actually find out I really am red, green, color, well, give me a high five for figuring out how to get around it. <laughs> They'll be impressed. This guy's really good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, really that's what they right. want, you know. That's, right. That's why, you know, that's why they encourage, you know, you guys to figure things out, think outside the box and, uh, you know, move on. So, but, so I was kind of devastated right. a little bit. But I realized, here's what I realized, right? I realized that, um, you know, if college wasn't for me right now, um, as a young person, Every day that you're not starting on something is a day you've wasted. And all the other people out there are working. And and that's not something I was willing to accept at that time. You know, I needed to do something. I felt like, and this is exactly what I felt like, I'm a man at the age of 18, and I should not be a burden on my father again. And I've never been since. And that's exactly what I believe every person should go for. You're, you're graduate high school, get out, go live your life. You know? Right. So that was my belief about me, and I executed it. So you uh, you went on uh, from there into an engineering role? Um, information technology. Information technology. I would okay. more information technology. And, and that's how you ended up in the defense contracting segment. Mm. Is that correct? So during the Navy, I spent my first five years pretty much deployed in Europe. That's pretty much what I did. And during that time, time frame, we had some pretty antiquated equipment. Um, and you know, I had a niche, um, I could fix things, you know, even if I didn't know what the system was, I could sit down and logically kind of understand it over time with a book and, you know, somebody walking me through how it works. And sometimes we could fix things. I mean, that's just kind of how, you know, my dad, I'll be honest, my dad could fix anything mechanical. I mean, he's one of those guys, you know, he went off um, to a trade school after high school and, uh, I think it was typewriter school. You know, now, you know, he'll fi- he can fix anything, you know, <laughs> I- I'll call a technician because I don't want to deal with that. He can fix it. You know, it's really incredible. Well, I may have gotten the same gift, mm-hmm. but it's in technology, um, which obviously worked out for me. So now how did this whole thing go? Right. So as I decided in high school, I was going to leave and go into the Navy. You know, I also had two older cousins that were Navy as well, which was kind of cool. Um, uh, and I know they got out and saw the world because you need to, especially where we come from. It's mm-hmm. easy to have people just stay there. It's, right. it's like that in any small town America, you know, you got people that are, it's a big deal for them to go 45 minutes away from town. Right. Right. Well, here I am halfway around the world. And, um, anyway, what happened was, uh, mostly underway did that. Why I, I, uh, my wife and I, I got married and during this period in 94, best, one of the best things I ever did. Because it like literally changed me. I now became so much more motivated to not be the guy that got a two seven. Shout out to the wife. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's good. That was good. Though. <laughs> and then when we had the kid, when ninety five. So it's, you know that was like a real, real moment about responsibility, a real moment. So anyway, we decided to stay in the Navy another tour. It ended up being another five years, and they sent me to a software support activity. This was during the Clinton time frame when Clinton was really downsizing everything. So 95, 97, 98, really downsizing everything, kicking contractors out of government spaces and trying to have um, government workers, a sailor, army or airman, marine, whatever, you know, have us do their jobs. So they decided it'd be a good idea since we have a high, you know, score or aptitude for engineering and technology and nuclear power, whatever. They would send us to software engineering school. 
it was a spiral curriculum. Uh, there was probably 30 of us in the class. There's only two of us that actually walked out of there that wow. really knew what we were doing. I mean, it's just incredible. Spiral. Have you ever heard of the spiral curriculum? Well, one hour a day, you know, so if you have an eight-hour block, you're going to fill eight hours of hour. So you got eight classes that day, and they're, they're all different. So, like, I might be learning a software engineering language, a software language, Fortran. You lose a lot. You use. You learn a lot of historical languages to teach you how the new ones work. Uh, you might be learning Fortran, Pascal, Ada. You know, all these are, are software languages. C, all at the same time. So I ate it up, and it was we were drinking from a fire hose for twelve straight weeks. Wow! And I just I dominated. It was awesome. But yet I was a two seven five in high school. And you know that was I mean? and, and that and, started your love of. Well, I knew I was a technologist, I didn't, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize I was able to, to really understand. If you know how to write software, you uh-huh. really understand the way I write software. I shouldn't say it. today there's a lot of script kitty stuff that's generated by by GUIs. I write stuff from scratch, nothing blank pages and make things, you know, and you can do certain things. I, I had a gift. So what was yeah. the moment we got just a yeah. little bit of talent, but what was that moment where the light bulb went off, you know, and you realized... You have this gift, and you're going to use that God-given gift to go make a difference. Y2K. Y2K. Um, I was on a national critical watch list for the United States Navy as well as the uh, Royal Navy. Mm-hmm. I was the lead software engineer for two mission-critical systems as a sailor, not a contractor, as a sailor. I replaced eight contractors. Wow. Yeah. And, that's and that when- was it. I, it was me. And like one girl that worked for me, I was an E6. She was a, yeah, I was an E5, excuse me, E5. And then she was like an E4. But, you know, she, I was the guy doing, the, you know, the coding. I was just, I replaced like eight contractors. And I knew I had all these languages. At one time, I knew 14. And um, with all the clearances. And they would send me around to fix software for stuff I didn't even know. They would hand me a book. They flew me to um, San Diego one time. And they said, uh, here's the system that, that I designed for Y2K and put out. And then they were trying to add a system on, and they're like, it's not working. Can you figure it out? So I had to teach myself how that operating system worked. It was very unique. It was one of the very first um, chassis systems for um, motherboards and computers, which now are everywhere. So, I, I mean, I, I, I started to think then, this is 99, 98. 2000, like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to go ahead and get out. So it's a that. good tee up, by the way, to how this leads to co-finding uh, and ultimately become the chairman of ISHPI. Um, unfortunately, our listeners will have to come back next Saturday morning at 830 to hear the rest of the story. As I Paul know. Harvey used to say, right? Um, but Noah, thank you for your time today and certainly giving us some good backdrop. As we say, beyond the business. You're it's welcome. understanding who that individual yeah. is beyond the business. No, thank you. And I'll tell you that the number one thing I talked about down at the College of Charleston recently when I spoke to a couple uh, classes at the business school, the reason I tell my story the way I tell it is I'm not special. 
Well, see you're special, and we're going to hear more about right. that next week. Awesome. Yes, we will uh, find us at Beyond the Business. Go to our Facebook page, and uh, thank you, Low Country. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SI. PC. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group. If you're a successful business leader or entrepreneur and would like to be featured on a future program, send an email to rick at cfpgroup.biz. Listen in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for Beyond the Business, presented by the Coastal Financial Planning Group and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC. 